guys, this is Paul with Christian Tech, and uh, now we come to the first, second, and third epistles of John. And these obviously were written by John, and this is the same John that wrote the Gospel of John, and also the same John who wrote the book of Revelation. These epistles were written around 80-90-ish, which means that John was around 100 years old because he was a young man at the time of Jesus' crucifixion, and fast forward 90 years, that would make him easily 100. So, so he was quite advanced in age and probably wisdom and experience at this time. I think it is notable to point out that John, or the, the, the books of John that he wrote are all positioned at the end of the three major sections of the New Testament. So he wrote the last gospel, he wrote also the last books of, you could call, the section of epistles. Uh, and then he also wrote the last book, the book of prophecy, the book of Revelation. So he's kind of the concluder of the three section, major sections of the New Testament. And it's kind of hard to pick up any super major themes in these epistles because he kind of is just rehashing uh, a lot of the things that he's written in the past and that have been written in the past by uh, the Apostle Paul. So in the first, in his first epistle, a lot of what he mentions are the reminding the believers to walk in the bequests of the New Testament. Bequests being the things that have been passed on to us as believers as a result of Christ's work uh, on earth, on the cross, and in his resurrection. Those, of course, in addition to many others, are we have received God's life, we have received God's light, we have received God's love, we have received God's forgiveness, and we've also received one thing that I really appreciate is fellowship. We've received fellowship with God and fellowship with the other believers. And the word fellowship is very interesting because it means joint or mutual participation. Meaning that if you envision a meal where you have a round table and everybody is there participating, equally participating in eating the meal, engaging in conversation, that is the depiction that is meant when the word fellowship is used and is the meaning of when we get together to have Bible study or fellowship, that is the Bible's definition of what that should look like, is joint or mutual participation where everybody has a part, whether big or small. So that whether that means asking a question or pointing something out or bringing the drinks or whatever that looks like, everybody plays a part. And that's what makes the Christian life really special is that everybody plays an important role and is very needed. And then in the second epistle, John takes some time to point out an issue that had come up in the early church which was heresy. And heresy is not very fun to talk about, but it's kind of necessary because it exists. And heresy is a opposition or opposite opinion to what is commonly accepted as orthodox. Uh, and an example of heresy would be to say that the Bible is not the Word of God. That is heresy. Because that is the foundation under 
which the Christian life is built. If the Bible is not the Word of God, then everything in the Bible is undermined. So that is one of the tenets of the faith which we hold. And another one which John uh, directly uh, addresses in his second epistle is the heresy that Jesus is not God in the flesh. And this teaching is still around today, and there are some people who who teach it, but he very clearly states that Jesus is God in the flesh as a man that came. And that's very important on a number of reasons, and you can kind of get into that in your Bible study. probably don't have time to talk about it now, but that is very important that we understand that Jesus is God himself in the flesh, and they are not to be separated. And Jesus was not just a man, but he was also God himself. And uh, towards these people who teach this heresy, John's very clear that we should have no part with them, that we should not tolerate them. And that's very hard to say because in this age that we live in, tolerance and acceptance is a big thing. We as Christians are driven by the media, by social media, by our friends, by our colleagues, that we should accept everyone as they are and everyone's beliefs and views and opinions. And I'd just like to point out briefly that Jesus was the most tolerant person that ever lived, but there were still some things that he did not tolerate. And one of them was idolatry. He did not tolerate idolatry. He didn't tolerate demons, and nor did he tolerate sin. If you, if you go back to John 6, no, John 8, you know, there's this woman who's caught in a very gross sin, and she is forgiven by Jesus, but he tells her to go and sin no more. So while Jesus provided a way out for her, he did not tolerate her life of sin. So we should be very clear as Christians that while Jesus provides us the means to overcome a lot of obstacles in our life, he does not tolerate or accept them. Uh, and so neither do we have to tolerate or accept things that are contrary to our faith and belief as Christians, as unpopular as that may be and will continue to be growingly more unpopular as the world declines uh, as it has been. And uh, anyways, one verse that I really, really, really like is First uh, John 1.9, which tells us that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Meaning that if we sin, if we fall, all we have to do to be forgiven and cleansed is just to confess. Meaning that we just tell the Lord that we messed up, we told that lie, we thought that thought, we went to that place we shouldn't have. And that's all we have to do to be cleansed and forgiven from all of our sins. So I'd just like to leave you with that. Hopefully it's encouraging and a little bit uh, enlightening as to what John was trying to talk about here in these three epistles.